Welcome to Thrive Church Online. We are here to know God, to grow in Him, and go. We hope you feel encouraged and equipped through this week's message. It is, uh, man, it is so good to have you this morning. Uh, We're excited that you're here. Um, Man, we're in a series called, uh, What is Your Blood Type? And uh, man, that, that sounds like a a strange question to ask. Um, here's what we figured out last week is that if you don't know your blood type, but you're in an accident, uh, that you're probably going to die. Uh, I mean, we said it better than that, but that was, that was kind of the gist of it. And so when I was looking at it, I, I was trying to figure out like, like why would you, so I'm a public school kid, so I Google everything. So if I, I either ask Siri, I Google it, or I find it in the Bible. Those are the three resources that I have. Uh, or, or I call Michael and ask him how to, or Jimmy, if it's plumbing. Um, but anyway, I, I was sitting there and I was like, Lord, why would you need a, a blood transfusion? And, and here's the answer um, from, from the internet, which is always true. Um, it says this, I do, believe, I do believe this definition, but it says this, it says, um, that you need a blood transfusion because you had a serious injury. Man, here's the reality. You don't get out of life without injury. Man, if you come to church, I love this church, and we strive, man. We work on our attitudes and our hearts and, and how much we love people and how much we love God. We're, man, we're always in process. But if you come here long enough, somebody's going to say something stupid. Probably me. Like, of all the people that are here, it'll be me. Um, but, but the reality of it is, is this is it is impossible. If you had parents, the problem with parents, and I figured this out because I am one, they're human. And no matter how hard we try, we do something that screws our kids up. (laughs) One mom is over here going, every day, every day, every day. I mean, it's not a goal, but we do it, right? Like it's not, we we don't intend to do it. But it happens, right? And then you sit back and you're like, I am a horrible person. I'm a horrible person. And so what happens is all this condemnation and all this stuff begins to build up. And so what we said was, was man, really there are two blood types that we need to focus on. One is a negative. You can be a negative person all you want to because all you got to do is turn on the news, log into Facebook, um, get up, breathe, have a friend that tells you something. You ever had a friend that decided to encourage you and by the time they were done, you just figured Jesus might as well come back. And so, so what happens is this is, man, you hit this point where, where um, negativity seems to flow to this place that you're like, man, I don't know that I can even take it. And here's what we figured out. That by living a certain lifestyle, which is God-ordained, that you can go from a negative person to someone who's working on a B-positive blood transfusion. Because here's what happens. When Jesus came and died on the cross, there was a blood transfusion from who He is to who He wants you to become. And it's not like positive thinking because you can, I mean, positive thinking does not work for me. It's like deciding I'm on a diet. I go on a diet at 9 a.m. I'm off of it by 9.15. Positive thinking is enough. But here's what we did say, that, that you can't run from something. You can't decide that you're going to leave something. You have to run to something. And, and, and that is, man, God, let me every day Try to get a little bit more like you. And let me remember to be positive. So uh, for six days this week, I put a cross on my hand. Uh, just to remind me to be positive. And then yesterday I didn't do it because we, we drove to Raleigh for a minute. And 
this is no joke. So people cannot drive. And so finally I'm, I'm driving and like I got, I got, I got a guy who's trying to catch up. He's moving at the speed of stop. This guy decides he's going to see what's going on in his window. There are six lanes of traffic. And they're all pacing with each other. So finally, there's my moment. There's a hole. I drive an F-150. Now, it's a larger vehicle. But I wheeled it like it was a Mini Cooper. And my wife and I were talking about this on the way down. When we first met, we got on... We got on the interstate. Shadow, anybody remember the Mazda MX-6? Those things would scoot. Well, we got on the interstate following her family to the beach, and I'm driving her little sports car. Da, 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 da. And I figure out, anybody remember when the 25 years of road construction they did in Mebane? You're supposed to be on the left side of the barrels when you get on the interstate. I was making great time on the wrong side of the barrels. But back then we were dating. You know what she did? She laughed. Hee. <laughs> look, 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 we test drove a car yesterday and it had lane assist. So if you get off the lane, it makes the steering wheel. Look, look we drive old cars. So we're, I'm, I'm, that's weird. And the guy in the back's trying to sell me. He goes, hey, this has got lane assist. I'm like, dude, I've been married for 25 years, 27 years. I don't need lane assist. You're running off. You're running off. Stop, stop, stop. I'm like, dude, I don't need one more thing telling me I'm wrong. You know, just we can just disable that feature. I got one of those built in. But so I cut this guy off. I'm not even gonna lie. My wife looks at me because you'd be mad if somebody did that to you. And I said, Do you know why? Do you know why I did it? She's she's waiting on the steep thing. I said, because I forgot to be positive. Forgot to be like Jesus. I said, if I'd have put that on my hand this morning. Because sometimes I think this, I think that we need a reminder to be what God called us to be. It's easy in the moment to just, man, just drift. It's not that we like all of a sudden decide we don't love Jesus. We just situationally drift into being what we don't mean to be. So, um, moving into this week, I started looking. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I was going to say, if I can't open this, Jay is going to make fun of me and tell me I need to go back to the gym more. So, um, yeah, do you know they already have Halloween candy out? Did somebody clap for that? Please stop. It's 9,000 degrees. It is, the sun, it is the temperature of the sun in North Carolina right now. Don't bring Halloween things out. Somebody was decorating fall stuff the other day, and I'm like, have you been drinking? Because no. Like, don't bring pumpkin spice stuff out. Don't. It, it, no. You're lucky I wore blue jeans today. So anyway, so, so I was thinking, man, if we're in this series of becoming more like Jesus, like, like how do we, how, I want to be so much like Jesus that people see God in and through my life. So I started asking this. One of the things that marked Jesus' life was generosity. And I just want to take a look at, at like, by definition, what it means. Uh, the first definition is the quality of being kind and generous. I was like, that's dope. I can live with that, right? Like, like, I think Jesus was kind and generous. I love that Jesus got in trouble because he kept giving away all the money in the, in the ministry. <laughs> Jesus was like, money's not that big a deal. We'll give it away. 
I think the modern church should look like that. I think it's, it's one of the reasons. We do this all the time. I talk to the finance guy all the time. And I'm like, you know, if we could just get back every dime we ever gave away, we could build three buildings. And he's like, yes, we could. And I'm like, I wouldn't do it any other way. And he's like, absolutely not. Man, we've helped so many families. We've helped so many churches. We've helped plant churches. Um, somebody said, man, how can a church of 200 plant a church? And I'm like, we give money. We're building his kingdom, not our castle. Can I get a witness? So the second definition is this. Uh, it's the quality of or fact of being plentiful or large. Not sure I was down with the last half of that definition. <laughs> Can we just be honest? But, but, but I went back to, so I'm a product, like I, I graduated high school in the 90s. Don't laugh if you're way younger than I am. But, but we used to say this, how you doing? I'm living large. Anybody remember that? Okay, three people. Thank you. Um, The next service is worse because this has my highest per capita folks of people my age. Next service is the other end where they're way lower. I crack jokes all the time. I said one time, you better eat your Wheaties. Everybody first service laughed. Second service they went. <laughs> so anyway. But in this, I looked at it. I'm like, man, yeah, I, I want to live large, but I don't think I've got to be, I don't think I have to have plenty to be generous. I can be generous with a little bit. So what if this, what if, what, if, what, if part, what if part of what God was looking at you today and saying is this, I need you to be generous not with what you will have. I have people all the time come and go, Pastor, if I win the lottery, I'm going to buy us a new church. And I'm like, you know what I'd rather you do? How about you just start tithing now? Because if you got money for a lottery ticket, you could give like an extra buck to the kingdom. I mean, listen, I'm not down. Like, if you want to play the lottery, play the lottery. Play it out of your excess money, dude. I don't care. Just tithe on it if you win. Right? Like, that's my, that's my biblical thing. We, I was in a denomination one time, and they said, we do not accept money from uh, alcohol companies or lottery winnings. Or they had this whole list. Like, they would actually turn you out of the church. And I was like, okay, well, I don't. So one of our guys uh, hit like a one point something million and donated like $200,000 to them to build a youth center. And you know what they did? They took it and named it after him. And so I went into the meeting. I said, time out. Now I got a question. So we only penalize the people that win 500 bucks. But if you win one point something, like we welcome you into the kingdom of God. Um, they didn't. I got kicked out of that denomination. So, so I wish I was making that part up. So I kind of I wrote this because I didn't, like, I didn't like any of those. I didn't really like any of those um, uh, definitions of generosity. So I kind of took one and adapted it. Generosity is giving good things to others freely and abundantly so that others might see God through you. What if we just said our definition of, of being generous is that we're going to freely give. Jesus said, just as you freely receive, freely give. Man, God, whatever you gave me, I'm going to give. Can you imagine that if, if God only gave you three things, if you looked at it and said, you know what, chocolate, chocolate, and chocolate. Do you know something funny about when you throw stuff at people, especially candy? They'll reach out for it. Except for that girl who tried to dodge it. You, you can ruin a message in about four minutes, young lady. By the way, she's a visitor. That's how we... Oh, God. So glad that wasn't on camera. Um, time out. I need to have a moment here. I am so sorry. So, from where I was at, that was a good idea. Uh, I may be adapting this next service. 
Because it goes right through the lights and people can't see it. And like, it just went. <laughs> remember, remember in the beginning when I said, if you come to church, people will hurt you. <laughs> and it'll probably be me. So anyway. So, so what if we said this? What if we, I'm so sorry. What if we said this? I don't have to have a lot to share. I think generosity is just saying, I got something in my hand. What if instead of having, having like three pieces of candy, I only had one, but I was willing to break off part of my one piece to share with you? Like, like what if we decided that we didn't have to have all this to really be generous? Like, man, I got two blenders. Maybe I can just find somebody who needs a blender. Like, like rather than just then just, you know, throw my clothes away. What if I found, because most of us don't throw away old clothes. We throw away clothes that are on our nerves. Except if you're a dude. Because I still have, I, I, got a, I got a public image shirt from high school. Like, yeah, some of y'all are having a flashback right now. So, he, here's the thing. So, so, what if I really chose to look like, like Jesus? What if I look, chose to look like the Father? Because here's what Scripture says in John 3, 16. Scripture, everybody knows. It says this. It said, for God so loved the world that He gave His only, His only Son. That whoever believes in Him shouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. I gave, not just autonomously, not just like randomly, I gave with and on a purpose. Because a life that isn't lived with and on a purpose is a life that's wasted. What if we look like God and we say, man, I, I, I love so much I give. I love so much because of the love of the Father I sacrificed. Because for Jesus, coming was not a blessing. Go, fast forward to the Garden of Gethsemane. He played and said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. He said, man, look, I don't really want to do, like getting tortured to death is not my idea, even though I'm God, it's not my idea of a great day. But he knew all that coming. And he understood the love of a father. So what if this, what if your sacrifice actually has to cost you something? What if it has to put you in this place where you're like, man, God, I know that I, know that I may not be as far ahead by, by being generous. But by ge being generous, even to the point of it costing me something, I look more like you so that others can be closer to you. Matter of fact, if, if we lean in, First uh, John 3 16 through 18 says this, By this we know love, that He laid down His life for us so that we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. But if anyone has world's goods and sees his brother in need and yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or in talk, but in deed and truth. God says you got to do. It's not enough to go. Oh, that's sad. Somebody should do something. You might see if the fire worked like that. Oh, your house is on fire, man. We need to pray about that. Lord, send the rain. And God's like, no, I gave you a fire engine. We we've got a, a ton of first responders to go to our church. I love police too. Can you imagine calling the police and then being like, oh, somebody's somebody's prowling around your house? Let's pray. Dear God, will you send a lion or a bear? You're like, no, I want a five zero with a Glock. That's what I want. Like, if there's a bear there, shoot it too. Like, I don't care. But you need to do something. 
What if God says this? He's like, man, I put all this stuff in your hand that you can give. I put time in your hand and I put, I put opportunity in your hand and I put connection in your hand and I just want you to not just pray about it. I want you to do something with it. We've got a, a pastor friend of ours that lives in Ohio. Matter of fact, this is kind of a, a plug if you're interested. Um, he's, he's battling a really late stage of cancer and, and literally I got, I got a text from him which we had a conversation about. Don't ever text this to people, by the way. He's like, hey bro, just letting you know. They've discontinued treatment, and I'm pretty much on, I'm going to be on pain care, but I'm still believing God for a miracle. So here's the thing. I've been praying for him for six years, but what I did was I called a bunch of my friends. I said, hey, will you do me a favor? Shoot a video to Pastor Dave. If you, now, if you're not praying for him, don't shoot. Don't say, hey, I've been praying for you, and it looks like, hey, bless them. Hey, I've been praying for you. That's not what it means. But like literally every time we pray as a family, we pray for him and, and we pray in, independently and we've been fasting and just asking God to do a miracle. But we ask a bunch of people just say, hey, will you shoot a video just on yourself? I don't have to be, you know, like professional grade, but just go, hey, Pastor Dave, I love you, man. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your wife. I'm praying for your son. I'm praying for your parents. Anybody imagine losing a kid? No, it should never happen. So I'm going to bear one another's burdens because here's the thing. It's not enough for me just to say I care. Let me do something. How long does it take you to shoot a 30 second video? For me, about six minutes because I shoot it like nine times. Like, ooh, you saw my chins, right? Like, <laughs> so it may take me, it may take me a take or two. Or, or anybody ever tripped over their tongue and you're like, I'm just praying for you, right? So, but here's the thing. Six minutes out of my life for somebody else who's battling for their life is heaven. It, it, it's heaven kissing earth. So my question is, man, what are you are you really willing to live a life that impacts people because of your generosity so that with on purpose, right, others can see God? Because if I've got the ability and I hold it, I'm just a brat. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, here's the thing. Um, the, the two enemies of generosity are selfishness and fear. Who here loves chocolate? I know it's going to be a woman. Um, oh, put, put your hands back up. I've got to pick somebody. Uh, Macy, actually, you went and drive to get it, so we'll use you. Macy's one of my favorite people. I like her. So, yeah, give her a hand. Yeah, we like Macy. So, uh, I was just kidding. I'll actually pick that up. Okay, so hold your hands out. Because here's the thing. Imagine that I look at Macy and I go, hey, because Macy really did go drive and get these. I'm like, Macy, thank you for driving and get those. I want to get those for you. I want to give those to you. You know what? As a matter of fact, let me, let's just see how much you can hold. Okay, that's, that's about it. Now, imagine we sat here for a few minutes and I preached and I looked at Macy and I said, hey, can I have one of those? And she looked at me and said, no. No, I need all this. Because if I give you one, then everybody else is going to want one and then I'm not going to have enough. So because of my selfishness and my fear of not having enough, I refuse to live my life with open hands and generosity. What if she said, you know what, you've got a whole, you've got a, compared to what she has in her hand, the wealth of candy that I have on my table far exceeds what is in her hand. So what if, what if I came up to Macy and I said, look, um, can I have a piece of your candy? So absolutely, Reese's are my favorite, so I can kind of dig a couple of those out. You still have plenty. 
Now, what if I went over here and ate my Reese's, but because of, but because of her faithfulness, blessing is a cyclical place to live in life. Scripture says this, give. Have you given back, pressed down, shaken together, running over? Will men come and lay it at your feet? In other words, God said, I'm the God of opportunity. If you're faithful to my kingdom, I'll be faithful to your castle. So because of that, God looks at us. Now, God is not a slot machine where you put in a dollar and win $5,000. Can we just like, that ain't the way it works. But what it does say is this, is that God is a good father. He is the God of abundance. He, he said, man, I want to give it pressed down, shaken together, running over. It means I want you to have more than enough so that you can live generous. The problem is people, some people want to, to have it pressed down, shaken together, running over so that they can hoard it. Can I tell you how rich I am? I got a house for my car. I hit a button and I drive it. Anybody else? I have a house for my clothes. I walk in. I've got more shoes than a woman. No, I wish I really wish I was making that up. It's a thing. I walk in and I've no, we don't have a walk-in closet. We've got two like like little mini houses for our clothes, right? And I open my door and I've got rows of clothes. And I will make this statement. I don't have. Do you know why? Because I've gotten used to my hands being full and not always open. How many pair of jeans do you really need? How many shirts do you really need? But when we live with open hands and we give to God, then what God says is this, I want to make sure that your hands stay abundantly full because you have a heart of a giver. And if I can get it through you, I will get it to you. But a kid that says, no, you can't have any of my candy. No, I'll knock it out of your hand in a minute. Not because, no, 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 not, be, not because I'm a bad father, but because I won't have a brat. If you can't recognize that what daddy is doing for you, you don't even deserve to hold it. See, some people are like, why does money always run through my hand? Because you don't understand how to steward it. What you're trying to do is hold it for you. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having savings and, and having... I think wealth is there for us to point people to Jesus. I, I try to live a lifestyle so that I can be generous. I would rather give my money to people than to Citibank. And all God's people said, Amen. come on. I, I don't want, I don't even know mortgage companies. Franny, Fannie Mac, Franny Mac is not the same thing. But here's what, here's what happens. God said this, He said, I will be the God of superabundance for people who have generous hands that are open. Because a lot of people can't figure out that fear and selfishness is what binds them into the cyclical place in life that they are. You take all that and have a seat. Come on. No, thank you. Now I've got to preach the rest of this message and not step on all this candy. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. She's, I was, you know what? She went and picked that up because she dropped it. And my question was, is she going to eat it or take it to her? <laughs> because my temptation had been like, well, that's just manna from heaven. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's like, it's like when you get extra change back at the store, do you think it's a gift from God or do you go return it to the company? Anyway, it's a, it's a different teaching moment in that. But 
Luke 6, 38, give and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your lap. For with the measure you use will be the measure back to you. Generous people, the favor of God follows. Stingy people are always broke. I, had a, I told this to a guy when he said, I don't know about that. And I said, look around. Dude, like the fruit of this is obvious. Such as a man sows is what he reaps. What do you want, man? Do you want people to be generous to you? Be generous to them. You want people to be nice to you? Be nice to them. You want friends? Be a friend. I don't have any friends. It's probably because you're a jerk. Now listen, I, I love you enough to look at you and go, if you don't have any friends, either you're not a friend to other people, nobody introduced themselves to me. How many people do you stick your hand in front of? I go to conferences all the time. I don't know anybody. I go to these pastors meetings. There's 20 or 30 guys. And usually they all know each other but me. And I'll come in like John Wayne because I don't care. You're either going to like, look, 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 the Reverend Mike Dicka said this. 50% of the people are going to love you. 50% of the people are going to hate you. Be you. So I'm like, let me figure out the 50 that like me. I'll avoid the 50 that don't. Life goes on. Like in four days, I'm not going to see you again anyway. If we don't like each other, if I do, we'll become FaceTime friends. We'll be like, hey, right? Because here's the thing. I'm not going to live a closed off life. I don't care where I'm at. An airplane, a grocery store, stuck in traffic. God, my hands are open. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to give? What do you want me to be? Matter of fact, he goes on and he says this. Um, uh, what, what people mistake is it's how much I give. Um, we had a guy one time who came here for a little while. He was way just off the rails. But he was literally a millionaire. And uh, he was crazy. He kissed like, anyway, it was just not good. He was, it had some real out-of-bounds behavior. And so I had to talk to him and tell him that we welcome you to attend our church online. We just don't welcome you to attend it in person because you're making uh, our, some ladies feel very uncomfortable. We're just not going to have you. And he said, do you know how much I give? And I said, do you know how much I don't care? No, point blank. And I, I've got our finance guy and I said, hey, write him a check for everything he's ever given. He wouldn't take it, but I'm like, this is where, this is where the Lord divides us, right? Because here's the thing, it's not how much you give that impresses God. And I'm, I'm not a preacher hooker. No, 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 you don't, you don't buy my services. Like, I marry you, we'll walk together, we'll be the bride of Christ. But you ain't renting me for the night. No, look, I mean, you, you can be like, I can't believe you said that. I just, sometimes you got to shoot the elephant. Can I just, so, because somebody's watching and going, you know, it's like the people, I have people come up and go, can I give you this with these conditions? And I'm like, no, you don't give to God with conditions. You give to God with open hands and open hearts and God uses it. If not, keep it with the love of Jesus. So anyway, so, so people always go, God, if I could, if I win the lottery, I'll give. If I, if I just had money that made a difference, I would give. Here's what happens. Mark 12, 41 through 44 said this, and he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Wow, Jesus is weird. Hey, hey, come here, come here, come here. Hey, Jesus, can we go watch the football game on Sunday? No, let's watch people give. <laughs> can you imagine? I know I'm screwing our camera people up. Can you imagine if I went, hey, watch this, Caleb. Thank y'all for coming today. As I stare aimlessly at one of the tithe boxes. <laughs> and, and the next line says this. It says, watching people putting uh, large sums of money in. 
How do you know that? Let me see your check. Okay, that's good. <laughs> check out those zeros, Peter. You had to put your hand in a fish's mouth for like a sixteenth of that. Drop that in there. See, you miss this stuff if you read normally. When I read it, I'm like, who sits anyway? You watch the tithe box. Anyway, that's how a pastor gets no people attending his church. Um, <laughs> verse 42, it said, And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, uh, which make a, about a penny. Um, so, some places actually say in its current market is about a sixteenth of a penny. It doesn't matter. And he calls his disciples. Because how long does it take you to lose interest in watching people give? <laughs> I don't mean this. So that it, pretty much if you look, he called his disciples, which means this, they wandered off. <laughs> hey, can I pray for you about anything? I don't care. Because you don't know how long they watched the box. Long enough for the disciples to wander off. Then Jesus has a moment. And, and honestly, He watched all these people give rich sums so that He could bring them to this moment. And here came in this poor woman who basically gave a penny. Jesus goes, hey, 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 everybody come here because I, I need to show you something. He called His disciples to Him and said, truly I say to you, this poor widow has put more than all those who are contributing in the offering box. For they contributed out of their abundance but she, out of her poverty, put everything she had, all she had to live on. Here's what God is saying. He said, man, I want to be a God that you trust so much that you lean in and let everything ride on me. I want to be the author and the finisher of every ounce of faith that you have. Now, do I think God needs you to write everything you have? No, that don't be, don't be crazy, right? But, I mean, if He tells you to, do it, right? Like, I'm not ever going to argue with God. But I think what God wants is all of our heart. And the problem is, is where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So if you live close-handed, it's because you don't trust God. It's because you have your fears. You've got your, 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 all these things that, that you have to control. When we live generously, what we do is we say, God, I see that one, you want to work through me. But two, you need to work on me. Because I have to learn to trust you with every ounce of who I am. Man, it's tough. It's not easy. Here's the thing. Jesus, here's the problem with this. Is that we hear this and, and, and we want to agree with it and then it causes our palms to sweat at the same time. Can I get somebody to say amen and just be honest? Like, like fully trusting God scares me. Because he does weird, like he watched an offering plate. Jesus does weird things. But here's the problem John 14, 15. He said, But if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Not just the ones you like. Part of the problem in our society, I mean, you get into gender and, and sexuality and all this stuff, is people want to rewrite God's definitions of things. And Jesus said this look, it don't work that way. If you love me, do it my way. God, but what if I disagree with you? If you love me, do I never ask you to agree with me. I ask you to do it. I don't want to be generous. Jesus didn't have to teach me that. I'm not sure the devil did. I just don't like it. I like all my stuff to be mine. I'm the little kid in the nursery that grabs all the toys and goes, mine. 
Nobody taught me that. I came up with that on my own. But because I want to be like Jesus, I have to do things that are counterintuitive to what I want and what I will. That's why Jesus said, not my will be done. Remember Garden of Gethsemane, we talked about at the beginning. Not my will, but yours. I yield what I want, how I think, how I react, my emotions to be more like you. Generosity is living with a heart that says, God, it's not my way, but yours. I don't do this because I want to. I do it because it's what's required of me to be your son. It's what's required of me to be your daughter. He goes on and he says this, Galatians 5.25, because here's my question. Who do I give to? I mean, because there are enough needs. You can give it all away. We get, literally, we get probably 20 requests a week as a church for us to do something. Every, everybody, wants, everybody has a great cause. And can I be honest with you? None of them are bad. 99% of them are Jesus honoring. So how do you figure it out? Galatians 5.25 says this. If, that's a big if. Can I just be honest? The if in the beginning of this statement is big. It says, if we live by the Spirit. And can I be honest? Depending on your background or no background, everybody's got different opinions of, of the Holy Spirit, right? So if you're from a charismatic background, you've got one thought. If you're from a Baptist background, you've got a different. If you're from a Methodist, you've got a different. If you're from a heathen, you have no concept. You don't even care, right? Uh, people always ask me, what's my theology? Um, I'm a Baptist on a Red Bull or a charismatic on a seatbelt. Is that fair? Um, I don't. People say, "Well, what do you think you should be, or I should be?" I'm. Like, I don't care. That's between you and God. Like you figure. Like does that make sense? Some of it's even personality. Anyway, I let all that go. But, but I think we can all agree with this: that there is a Father, there is a Son, and there is a Holy Spirit. And because there is a Holy Spirit, that that the heart, the idea of the Holy Spirit is that He whispers into our heart. Can we agree on that? That He's a comforter and a guider. And, and that part of this is that we have to learn to live in the Spirit all the time. Now, I know people that carry this overboard. Man, I was praying over which shoes to wear. Find ones that match, throw them on your feet, and let's go. You can over-spiritualize things, right? But when I'm going through my everyday, ordinary, walking around life, as God lays it on my heart, those that live in the Spirit, let them keep in Step with the Spirit. God, what do you want me to do? Sometimes I pass homeless people and, and we give a ton just out the window, right? It's just who we are. I don't say that boastfully, but whatever. Like a buck in my life ain't really changing a whole lot. 50 cent, not, not the rapper, but like out of the, the drawer. Here's a cassette. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's a cassette? Um, see, that's the difference in first service and second service. Y'all laugh at that. Second service is going... But sometimes I'll be talking to my wife and I'll look over and I don't, I don't feel this compulsion by the Holy Spirit to do anything. So I just drive by. I literally, when we were first married, I, got, I saved up money and we got, I got a brown leather jacket. I'd wanted one forever. You know the ones, that, 90s people know what I'm talking about. I, was, I loved it, man. And I was walking, and this kid at our church came up and goes, man, I love your jacket. He said, I'm saving up for a coat myself. And it's like, y'all know North Carolina winters. It was one of those winters. And he's like, man, I'm going to save up enough money. He said, I'm going to get a coat like that. And I'm like, well, what kind of coat do you have now? And he's like, oh, I don't. <laughs> you remember that? I gave my coat away. I came out. And I'm, first of all, you got to understand something. I don't do cold. 
I deer hunt with a heater. I mean, like, I wish I was making that up. I'm like, well, it's cold. I'm, you know, at a certain temperature, I'm just, I had a friend of mine go, you know, in Vietnam, I say, hey, I'm not in Vietnam. Anyway, so my point is, is this, is I couldn't love the coat more than I love God. And I couldn't love the coat more than I loved God's son. That didn't have, I had other coats. And really, when I wore that coat, I was a little peacocking. <laughs> guys know what I'm talking about. It's like, how many guys did this? You ever have a good car? I didn't have one until I was much later in life. Anybody have a really good car? Like one you thought you're proud of. And you had, uh, I'm just going to go because I know the people that are in this room. You had REO Speedwagon on a three until you got near the parking lot. <laughs> then you made everything. I had, I had two uh, competition 10s and two competition 12s in the back of one of my and And I, I don't really care. I listen to AM radio a lot. I'm that guy. I podcast a lot. But when I would get near parking lots, I'd flip the amps on. Am I the only one? But here's what I figured out. I had, we had a kid show up and go, hey, what would you do for me to buy your whole speaker? I threw it like a stew. You couldn't buy one of the speakers. And he came back with a check from his mom. And Trace goes, what was that for? And I said, well, I think I just got rid of my system. <laughs> the point being this, anything that causes me to be proud, not, 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 there's a prideful spirit and then being proud of something. Being pr taking care of your stuff is, is what that's stewarding well. That's what God calls you to do. But if it causes you to puff up so that you get attention and aren't diverting it to God, it is your God. And if a coat causes you, look, if you ain't cool without the coat, you ain't cool with it. You can't buy cool. Kid Rock said that. The only reason you're laughing is because you listen to it. So, 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 as we come to close, here's my question. Is it possible that you need a blood transfusion when it comes to your generosity? Is it possible that you are not living a life that's, that you're, you're a hoarder of the candy? And you're not living with open hands. Here's my thing. A lot of pastors are going to teach you that a tithe is 10%. And I agree with that, right? I also think you start somewhere. I'm going to be faithful with a little. Because whom is faithful with a little can be trusted with much. Maybe you're not in a position to give 10%. Could you, could, could you give something? Could you, be, could you just go, you know, I know this isn't a tenth of my hundred pieces of candy. But here's one. God, give me the courage to give two next week or in a month. Because here's the problem. I feel like if we, if we go, man, you got to give 10%. What happens if God wants you to give 15? Are, are we making a religion or are we in a relationship? Look, honey, I will take you out on Friday night. That's it. Woman, don't ever use that. I got women looking going, that's right. <laughs> Jesus looked at his mom and said, woman. I'm like, that's how I knew he was the son of God right there. Because he survived. But can you imagine looking at your wife and going, woman, I'm only giving you two days a week. The rest are mine. 
You know what she's going to tell you? I'm going to tell you what to do with them two weeks, two days. And I'm going to tell you where you can put them two days. <laughs> and i got a calendar I'm going to lead with. Do you not think God's the same way? What, what He's really saying is, how, how much of your calendar, how much of your life is open to me? Are you really generous with me? Because you love me? Man, what if your wife said, you know what, I'm going to fix dinner for you one day a week. That's all you get. We'd struggle with that. Or, or you know what, I'm only going to compliment you one day a week, honey. That's all you deserve. See, I think generosity is not just money. It's time. It's adoration. It's, it's, it's complimenting words. Man, can we be honest? As dudes, we don't compliment well. How do I look? Looks fine, let's go. What do you think about my new haircut? I don't. It's not hideous. <laughs> High five, no. I'll, I'll sleep on the couch. It's fine. But when men lean into their relationship, oh babe, I noticed you got your haircut. Oh, that dress is so good. Or, mm, not my favorite. Listen, our family is honest. We're just like, hmm. Because sometimes I come out and I'm like, isn't this cool? And my son's like. <laughs> you are not my father. Go back to go. Right. What if God really desires from you to live a generous, real life with him? Not where you're meeting a minimum standard, but a maximum relationship. What if what God is saying is, every good and sweet thing in your life comes from heaven above. And I didn't give it to you. I ask you to steward it. And how you steward it will be the trajectory of your life. So here's my question to you. I'm not, I'm not just talking about giving at church. I'm talking about your life. You've got one life. It has to be consistent. You ever heard people say, oh, don't do that, we're at church. So you do it everywhere else? How about just living one life of honesty and integrity and what you see is what you get? Because that's a life that honors God. My question today as we, as we get ready to pray is going to be twofold. I'm going to start with people who, who are believers in Christ. Can we just, across this building, just get ready to pray together? And here's my question as we get ready to pray. Is there an area of your life that you are closed-fisted, not open to God, that God is asking you to be open-handed and generous in? Maybe it's with words of affirmation. Maybe it's with finances. Maybe it's with love. Maybe it's with forgiveness. Maybe it's with hope. Maybe, I don't know. But what is the Holy Spirit whispering into your heart right now? And are you willing to say yes to the wrestling match going on in your spirit? Fathers, we pray over folks that are wrestling with that right now. God, will you help them to trust you enough to say yes. Not just one service, 
but God in a lifestyle. A lifestyle of generosity, a lifestyle of hope. A lifestyle of letting other people see you through them. If you're here, you're watching online, you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm here, but I'm not where I'm supposed to be with God. I've, I've walked away, I've won. Maybe I've never accepted Jesus. If that's you, well, nobody's looking around. Will you just slip your hand up? We're not going to embarrass you. We're just going to pray together. But if today you say, you know what, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. Will you just slip your hand up? Thank you so much. Can we pray across this bed? And we don't do anything alone here. Can we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, right now I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. Today I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being part of our Thrive Tribe. If you want to partner with this ministry and what the Lord is doing here at Thrive, visit thrivechurchonline.com and click on the Give tab. Help us reach more people just like you by rating and subscribing to this podcast. You don't want to miss what's coming next.